So we've been discussing Lev Tov, a good heart. Good heart, uh, like we mentioned last time, is a heart that wants that there should be good in the world, there should be good to other people, etc. That's what we spoke about last time. Now, as the morale often does, he contrasts it with its opposite. First of all, because we often learn a lot about things from their opposites, and then second of all, because sadly, um, it's something that uh, needs to be worked on. So, that is Sinas Chinam. And uh, actually, I realize that I should have asked uh, later on in question 15. I realized that we should discuss Sinas Chinam, but it really needs to go all the way up here because we do need to take a little bit of a time out to discuss Sinas Chinam. First of all, Sinas uh, Chinam, anyone want to translate that word for us? Oh, you're right, I did. Okay, so how do you want to translate it? Oh, thank you, David. Baseless hatred. Give me an example of baseless hatred. What would be an example of baseless hatred? Yeah, right. The one that's like like what? Like what would be an example? Let's say in your in our lives. What? Oh yeah, it's always those guys' fault. But but let's let, let's let's talk within our own community. Or does it only happen with 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 the, the non-religious? I, I, I hate the white sides. Yeah, no one slugged me. Just, just bringing up an example. What? I mean, the bases. Oh, it's bases. The white side's bases. Okay, got it. All right. Well, you know, the, the, the South Africans, they, they have a more direct relationship to England with the puns. That's Americans. Well, the, American, the Americans re- re- rebelled against against the British. So, with, with that, okay, the puns as well. It's usually not baseless, at least to the person who's hating. Like he has uh, a reason. It's just whether his reason is good enough for somebody else. It has to be sound reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're talking about on a day to day. Jews to Jew, Jew to Jew. Yeah, baseless hatred amongst the Jewish people, as we're going to discuss more extensively. I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody's smoking on Yom Tov and somebody isn't. Like, somebody thinks it's a violation, somebody thinks it isn't. I could see how that could lead to heated words. Mm-hmm. So, is it baseless? I mean... Yeah, so, you guys are... Uh, you, you have a point, right? That theoretically, there could be... Um, people similar to Hanan hating, you know, the the, the White Sox or potentially. Example, I do not, for the record, I do not hate the White Sox. I don't want my tires slashed. Just an example. Okay, but but similarly, but similarly, you know, um, David might hate random people, you know, in the community for whatever things they do. The Cholamoid, he sees them putting on their tefillin. He, 
fuming inside, throwing things at them. That, 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 you know, that could be. I, I, I hate the Green Bay Packers. That, that's a that's a safe thing. I, I, I've been in LA a long time. I forgot. Okay. I, I, I hate the Green Bay. That, that's a safe. I've never heard that coming out of So, but both the Shalaw Kaddish and the Vilna Gon bring rock solid proofs that that is not what Sinas Chinam means. Now, certainly this would be also um, included in the scene as Hinnom because it's just so, such a ridiculous thing to be hating people in a baseless fashion, right? But the Shalom brings a Midrash. And the Midrash says that perhaps Hashem punishes the, people, the Jewish people Hinnom. Hinnom. Now if we translate that as being baseless, that Hashem punishes the Jewish people for no reason. That's the Midrash has that. And then it says, no, it's always, it's always to help them write their ways. Now, that is an absolutely ridiculous Hava Amina, right? That who could possibly think that Hashem punishes the Jewish people for no reason? Rather, says the Shlom, it means purposeless purposeless. Now why would Hashem punish people, Jewish people, purposely? Purposelessly. Answer is, one would think, listen, if you do something wrong, you get punished. Even if it will not necessarily lead the person to do tshuva, it will not lead to some sort of a positive outcome. Nonetheless, the law is the law, and if you do something wrong, you have to get punished. And indeed, that is how Hashem conducts himself with with the non-Jews. But, says the Midrash over here, bringing from, from Psukim as a proof, that with the Jewish people, it's always purposeful. The punishment is purposeful. That's number one. <clears throat> and from there he goes on to show, to talk about Sinus Hina. Uh, the Villagon brings an absolutely clear proof from a Pasuk and Mishle. Pasuk and Mishle says... Yeah, so the Gon brings from Pasuk in Mishlei, which says, Al Tarov, or Al Tariv, I should say, Im Adam Chinam. Don't quarrel with a person Chinam. Im Lo Gamalcha Ra. If he didn't do to you evil. Now the Gon says, Obviously, the, the, the verse sounds to be very redundant. Don't quarrel with a person. Chinam. And Chinam, let's say if we translate Chinam like, like Dovid wanted to translate it, which means baseless, for no reason, right? So don't quarrel with a person for no reason. If he didn't do anything, ba- if he didn't do anything bad to you. So maybe it even sounds like uh, maybe it even sounds like that. It says the goal, it would be the the, the pasuk would be redundant. If you already told me don't quarrel the person for no reason, you don't need to say if he didn't do anything bad to you. So rather the goal says the pasuk like in many psukim mishlei is two halves, each one saying 
a related idea. And Chinam means purposeless, which means don't quarrel with a person, even if he did something bad to you. But the quarreling will not be productive. The fighting with him is not going to lead to anything good. Chinam, it's, it's purposeless. Then don't quarrel with him. Alternatively, if he didn't do anything bad to you, don't quarrel with him, even if it actually could be, uh, if you could be successful, you, you, you could actually benefit from it. But if he didn't do anything wrong for you, then don't quarrel with him either. That's the second half of the Pasuk. In other words, yeah, say, let's say you know if you get into a whole big argument with this person and you push them, they'll give you, a, I don't know, whatever it is, a discount or something, yeah? But, or they'll let you become the president of the uh, condo association, right? But, but if he didn't do anything wrong to you, then you're not allowed to quarrel with him. Alternatively, either the person did do something wrong to you, but quarreling, quarreling with him will not be productive, will not be purposeful, then don't do it. That's double advice that Shlomo is giving us. So we see that, that chinam again means purposeless. So sinas chinam means purposeless hatred. And now it becomes much more common than we thought until now. Right? Because you guys have to come up with really strange cases of people, you know, being bothered. What are the Well, you know, this other person, he's smoking a cholamoid, I'm getting really angry at him and that, right? Now it becomes, no, no, no. We're talking about someone who actually potentially did something bad to you. Maybe even really bad. And you have every reason to hate him. But it will not be productive in any way, shape, or form. Somebody gets uh, hit and he falls and he requires healing. Like, uh, I mean, the Torah says, like, he has to get paid for 100%. Healing and the time, whatever. 100%. So, like, uh, like, if somebody hits you, they go to the hospital, you hate the person. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. You, you just brought a proof from the fact that he has to pay you for the damages you did to you, that therefore you should hate him? Uh, I'm not sure how you did that. Okay, so again, if, if through. No, no, so, so uh, Absolutely, you can. A hundred percent. So, like, you're, you're upset at him, so you're suing him. If, no, no, you're not suing him because you're upset at him. You're suing him to get your losses from him. So you're getting something out of it. So. That's called purposeful. <laughs> That's called purposeful, right? But simply to quarrel for the sake of quarreling. The analogy that I like to use is we tend to think about ourselves, the Jewish people, as individuals. There's me, and there's him, and there's him, and there's him. But if we recognize that we are like different body parts to one large person called Yisrael. So then, if you saw a man you know, holding a nail with his left hand, hammering with his right hand, right? And he, with his hammer, he goes and he smacks the left hand's thumb really badly and it's throbbing, it really hurts. So what does the left hand do? You pick up the screwdriver and you stab the right hand, right? Is that what you do? Why not? He hurt. 
What? It's the same body. It's the same person. Okay, let me give you another scenario. Let's say, let's say the right hand is, uh, has, I mean, some really crazy scenario where the right hand is like, constantly flinging around and hitting everyone and even the person himself constantly getting smacked in the face non-stop the right hand is just going crazy would there be any benefit potentially if need be you you might even need to amputate the right hand yeah but would that be would that be called sinas chinam no, it's purposeful. It's purposeful, right? This thing is going nuts, it's, it's, right? Or in a more common scenario, let's say Lolenu, person has a cancer growing over there in the right arm, and it's going to start spreading throughout the whole body. And if that happens, the entire person is going to die, Lolenu. <laughs> then would it make sense to amputate the right hand? Yes. So again, if it is purposeful, then one can take all sorts of actions of displaying anger, um, maybe taking actions uh, like suing or, or, you know, whatever it is. uh, You have a a pedophile in town. You, You chase him out of town. Yeah, a predator of sorts, or whatever it is. He's a, you, you take action against that person. Why? Because you hate him. See the schinum. Let's not see the schinum. It's purposeful hatred. Yeah? But see the schinum comes out. According to this, is much more common than we realize. If we think of Sinas Kingdom as baseless hatred, then hopefully most of us are doing pretty well with that. But if we understand it to be purposeless hatred, and having negative feelings towards someone, really, you know, really, uh, or maybe even doing things against someone, but it's not purposeful, that's Sinas Kingdom. Okay, something very important to think about, especially during these days, where we, where as we spoke about before, it's without any doubt the tremendous levels of sinas chinam that were happening in in the land of Israel over the course of the last nine months or however long it's been, um, had a lot, if not everything, to do with the tragedy that took place. Um, okay, so that's Sinus Um Says the Gemara in Shabbos and Davlamet base Amud base. Tanya Rabbi Nechemia Oimer. Ba'avon Sinus Chinam because of the transgression of purposeless hatred. Mariva Raba Besoch Beso Shel Adam. Quarreling increases inside of his own house. Not only that, he continues and says, 
Mafelis Nefalum. His wife miscarries. And finally, Ubanov Ubanosov Shal Adam Mesim Keshem Ktanim. His young children die. Obviously, there's a progression here. First, quarreling in the house. Second, wife miscarrying. And finally, young children dying. Why? Good. Why inside the home, though? Why not just say in your relationships between, you know, between your, you know, uh, between you and your brothers, or you, you know, union? Now you and your friends are going to be quarreling, or whatever. What's okay? So young, so young. Mm. Good. That's that's exactly where we're all supposed to be right now. Is we're supposed to try to understand where is the media connected media, where is the logic of the punishment. Now, one point first that we should discuss is the relationship to young children. So. Um, let's say you have a nice apple tree in your yard. And you go and you... you know, and it's really growing these very nice uh, apples. They're still very small, but you're very excited. It's going to be a wonderful apple season. And you're going to make what Hanan assures me is the most healthy thing in the world. Apple cider. Uh, apple cider vinegar, right? Tastes terrible, but apparently very healthy. So that's, that's the, your, your plan is to do that, yeah? Um, and then someone comes along and injects this tree with something very poisonous into the... by the roots, yeah? And uh, what's going to happen, what's going to be the, the first thing that happens to this wonderful apple tree? Are these branches going to start falling off? The whole thing is going to collapse on the side? What about? But there's already fruit there. They're gonna grow up to be nice and big, and then afterwards, it's not gonna have any more fruit after that. Exactly. The fruit are gonna fall off. Hold on. So the the point being that. The fruit is an extension of the tree, and it's also the most vulnerable part of the tree. The rest of the tree, it's a it's an adult tree. It's got roots. It's got years of life behind it. It's got a strong, thick trunk. It could weather a bad season, a drought. Right? There's a drought. The, the tree will make it through, but the fruit are not going to make it through. So, Alex, w- w- Alex would like to view children as a separate entity from the parents. 
um, which is understandable in America. You know, there's a, you you can even show, have children that sue their parents, or you know, they uh, they. Uh, uh, this concept of individualism is very, very extreme. So we we understand that children are an extension of the parent, and you're right that a child is not held accountable and certainly not punished for for their for their transgressions. However, we do also know that bad things happen to children. Yes, and the and Chazal tell us that that happens as a punishment for the parents. Meaning, as long as the children are small children. They are viewed as an extension of the parents. They don't have their own lives yet. That's why they're under your responsibility, under your uh, auspices, your control, whatever it is, right? And uh, now obviously, Hashem knows perfectly well which neshama He puts into which family, and He. You know, we don't have to worry about um, all sorts of. Unknown, un- unknowable factors; those are all ta- taken into consideration, right? Um, but yes, children, young children, suffer and even die potentially as a consequence of their parents' actions. Okay. So what? Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. okay. Like, uh, okay. you're flying all over the place. Like, no, no you do okay, so too like much. They're still not a person until while they're living with their parents. Therefore, what? Correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm following your logic, then it means that the child, while they are under their parents' protection, aren't considered their own person. So like I mean, you understand there's gradations and there's gradations, right? So are they a person? Yes. Are they a full person? No, clearly. Uh, if they would be a full-blown person, then you wouldn't be able to punish them, you wouldn't be able to control them, you wouldn't be able to, ha- you know, keep their money or things like that, right? So, so are they different than the fetus? Yes, they're very different than the fetus. Are they different than an adult? Yes, they're different than an adult. What are they? The children. Somewhere in between a fetus and an adult. Okay. Uh, just I didn't want to get into abortions. Like that's just we, we had an entire sheer about abortions. Not, uh, not, not the place. As as far as us here in this world punishing uh, someone that grows up and is now an adult, I'm going to say you are going to be punished because of what your father did. Whatever it is, that's a different, different story. Okay. Think about Hashem. Uh, as long as someone is a small child, under the in, in the most direct way, and you think about it for one minute, if a person again, this ma- massive tangent. So I really want to move on after this, but it just if you, if you think about it for one second, uh, a person, let's say, the father himself loses his job. Why? Because he did something wrong. He stole money. Whatever it is, he loses his job. He's unemployed. He becomes impoverished. That, that makes sense, that's fair, right? Well, guess what? You know who else is impoverished? His children. 
Right? Yeah. Well, is that fair? Is that fair to the children? What does the child do to be impoverished, to be walking around hungry? The answer is the child is an extension of the parents. Okay? To, to a certain extent, of course. Okay. So why, it, 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 why are we giving the Russell again? Uh, uh, oh, okay. So, yeah. So coming, so, coming back to over here. Okay. So, I want to remind you that we spoke about the heart. The heart as being the central gathering place for the life, for the sum total of a life force of a person, <coughs> right? I mean, like like anatomically, the heart pumps blood to the whole to the whole body, right? And it therefore gives life to the whole body. Now, the whole body might be doing all sorts of things. The ar- right arm is going out and doing this, and the left arm is going over there and doing this, and the feet are do- going the- right, all sorts of stuff. But then there's the, it's all housed in the heart, right? The, the life goes out from the heart <coughs> to the other limbs <coughs> and then at the end of the long day's work when the blood is done circulating through the body where does the blood come back to to the heart right so the heart is the, the place that houses the life and just like with a person he leaves his house in the morning full of energy right he goes out and works all day then he comes back in the evening to eat and sleep. That's, so to the blood, it comes back, it, it goes out in the morning, fully oxygenated and uh, with, uh, with full of sugar and uh, all proteins and fats and all sorts of good stuff, right? And then once it's done making it, it's gone through the capillaries and, and, and uh, used, up all that, used up all that oxygen, all that energy, right? Then the... Then the deoxygenated blood, in the evening, so to speak, comes back home to get rejuvenated, refreshed. Okay, so the heart is is is, is an analogous to the house. A person bears sinas chinam in his heart. He he has a lev ra, has a bad heart. He 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 wants bad for people. Yeah, now, if you want. Bad for someone because it will be ultimately good. That's called that's that's a sinetachlisis has a purpose to it. That's different. That's ultimately good. But he wants bad for the bad because he hates the guy because what what the person did to him. Then, then that's a lev ra. Okay, so just like he has a lev ra, so his house is going to be infected with that. Just like his heart is infected with that, so his house is going to be infected with that. That's one. Now, in a more concrete way, the, or maybe less concrete way, the wife is referred to as the Akeres Habais, the, um, what's it called? Um, the foundational stone of the house, right? The whole house is, rests on the, on the wife. The, um, some of the Maroyim would actually refer to their wives as, instead of saying Ishti, my wife, he would say Beisi, my, my, my house. Because the wife is the house. The husband's away, he's doing stuff, he's, he's doing whatever, uh, learning or earning money, whatever it may be. But the woman is the woman of the house. She's the mistress of the house. So, and again, that's, that's, the, that's why specifically the wife. And then we said, and there's a you know, 
starts off with just quarreling, then escalates to miscarriages, and then finally to even already young fruit that are hanging on this tree, not having enough life being infused into them to continue growing and developing, and instead they're falling off and rotting. Okay, that's the... Mida Keneged Mida. All the Mauritians sinned. Oh, 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 you're saying as far as... Uh, right? That's what Derek Hashem says. Yeah. There's some story. I mean, Hashem is going to do it in some way. It's going to involve some sort of plot. You okay. Know, you know, the, the Hashem just had them just stop breathing altogether. Okay. You know, or a rock is going to fall on them. Okay. Some, some straight arrow. So there'll, okay. be, there'll be some sort of narrative. Okay. So when you said, you know, if the father, okay, look, if the father loses his job, and then we so it's oh okay I, I know the plot of the story the father loses his job that way you know then I then I see how the kids are affected so I know it's the father's fault if the father lost his job due to some sort of moral okay. uh, reason so okay. like when we say like you know oh Hashem you know we say oh Hashem you know kill the children because of the parents we'll say oh well, you know that's not fair you know but if we if there was some sort of story that we knew, then it like well, automatically makes sense. To you, you're pointing out that we may, may or may not know if a chi- young child dies, we may or may not know, probably don't know, why the child died. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. With, without coming to right now, oh, we're saying Hashem knows. Yes, and Hashem we're knows. saying that Hashem has this conduct of Mida connected Mida. If a person has a bad heart, an evil heart, then. It can lead to children dying. Whatever story we think we know, like we think Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, without interest, that's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It just just doesn't make a difference. Yeah? We're trying to understand the spiritual mechanics of one particular facet. Now, there's many facets to life, and there's many reasons why different things happen. And Bez Hashem and Derech Hashem, when you guys are learning, we just restarted Derech Hashem Yomi. You guys are going to go through it in the second Halik chapter, chapter 3, exactly, the quote of Aishi. You'll see many different reasons why seemingly very similar thing could happen. A child could die from one of many reasons. We're not coming to explain why children, young children die. All young children die because of this. No, that's not, that's not what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is saying that if a person has purposeless hatred in his heart, then it may lead, or, or it will lead to a certain extent, quarreling in his house. It may even lead to miscarriages, and it may even, even lead to young children dying. Okay? That, this is not meant to be a crystal ball where you go around pointing at people and saying, oh, this is, you did this, you did that. We can't know these things exactly what happened. But we can understand the power of such uh, crucial things, such as having a good heart or having an evil heart, that we can that we can know, and we can know 
how impactful, how significant it is. Okay. Second and third one, those we understand to be like metaphysical. I don't think so. I, 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 I think, I think, right? Or, they, or, they, or they, the other people will quarrel amongst themselves. I mean, even if, let's say, for some reason, he really loves his family, he just happens to hate a whole bunch of other people out there. But he's a he's a family man. He loves the family, right? Doesn't make a difference. There will be quarreling since the house is a representation of his heart. Then there will be then there will be quarreling uh, in the house as well. No, 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 no. His sinus works goes from inside out. His heart he <laughs> will spread out to cause quarreling in the house, to cause miscarriages, to cause death of children. All thing, all else being equal, doesn't mean that every single time this will happen. We're just saying it. Uh, this is a, you know, it's like uh, <clears throat> it's like saying if you if you smoke cigarettes, you, you you get lung cancer. Well, what? It's a consequence. Okay. So, but consequence, smoking cigarettes uh, could cause lung cancer. It's a consequence. But first of all, there's plenty of people that smoked a you know pack a day for 50 years. And, and and never got anything. Yeah, and the other guy, he would run out of the room in a panic if anybody lit a cigarette, and, and he and he got lung cancer. We, we, you know, he was a young man. So it's, it's not the. There's many other contributing factors. Okay, so this is this is the equivalent of a medical journal saying smoking uh, causes lung cancer. Uh, yeah, so sinus chinam causes these things, but not in a one-to-one correlation. Okay, uh, and that's because the spiritual world is complicated, very, very complex. People have mazel, people have all sorts of other things, schusim, very, very complex. Like I said, you'll see a lot of these things in the Derech Hashem. Okay, uh, let's see if we have time for, for another uh, Gemara. This is uh, on, the, on the sheets that I gave out today. This is going to be on the second side. You flip, flip the page. If you don't have the new sheets, then... Um, maybe look out with somebody else. Okay, so the Gemara in Yuma says, famous, famous Gemara, something that we hopefully think about on a regular basis. The Gemara tells us that the first base Hamigdish was destroyed because of three cardinal sins. And the three cardinal sins are, that's right. So, Gilu Arais is inappropriate, promiscuous behavior. Avodozora uh, is uh, idol worship, and Shvichus Damim is uh, murder. Okay. So the um, and then the Gemara goes on to say, and the second base Hamidrish was destroyed because of sinas chinam, purposeless hatred. And so we learn from this that you see that 
Sinas chinam, purposeless hatred, is keneged sholosh averus, is um, corresponds to, is parallel to the three cardinal sins. Now many people misunderstand this concept. They say, what? What do you mean, Rabbi? How can you possibly say that? It's crazy. You're going to go and you're going to equate a little bit of purposeless hatred to murder, adultery, and idol worship. Right? So, it's important to translate correctly. Kineged means stands opposite. It's parallel to. Right? Now, parallel to means that they have um, I, I could have I could have a for example I could have a draw I could have a, a sketch um, a blueprint for a building and I could have a building I say to you you see the, you see these uh, four little lines over here those correspond to the dining room right I'm not equating four lines to a dining room but I am telling you they correspond to it. Okay? So, um, let's first deal with the Hurim by Srishan, the destruction of the first base of Migdish. Then we'll talk about the destruction of the Now that one, I'm, the first base of Migdish, I'm going to make it a bit on the shorter side because it's not really our topic. Uh, we really want to discuss Sinas Chinam, purposeless hatred, and to understand it for what it is. Um, so, the destruction of the first temple and the three cardinal sins. The Jewish people have a merit, a right to heir to soil, to the land of Israel, and the base amigdish, which is the proper way that the heir to soil is supposed to look, is supposed to have a base amigdish in right in the, in the heart of the world, is heir to soil. In the heart of Ezra Saul is Yerushalayim, and the heart of Yerushalayim is the base of Migdash. That's what it looks like. This is in the merit of the opposite of the three cardinal sins. Three cardinal sins are cardinal because they are a complete departure from humanity, from being human. And the opposite of that is the three giants of righteousness which fathered the Jewish nation, which is Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And it is in their merit that we had the, the first base of Migdash. Okay? The first base of Migdash had the, all the miracles happening, the ten ongoing miracles like the mission of Perkyavos describes. That was a manifestation of the divine presence in the base of Mikdash. And that was in the fact that the Jewish people were righteous and connected to their the three Avos HaKadoshim, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Now between the three cardinal sins, the opposite of each is one of the Avos. Uh, Avram Avinu was a person who managed to absolutely control physicality. He was the one to do acts of kindness 
To do an act of kindness, one has to be prepared to give up his yummy food to someone else, to not be a, a hoarder, to not be someone who's looking to take physicality for himself. The ultimate example of someone who's involved in physicality is an adulterer. Adultery, promiscuity with women. Uh, like we know that the Sota, the wayward woman, brings a sacrifice of barley. Barley, it says, why barley? All the other sacrifices are, are wheat. So because since she behaved like an animal, so she brings an animal food. Barley is an animal food, as opposed to wheat is a human food. So it's, it's an animalistic, basic uh, drive for lust. Avram Avinu was the one that got the, the merit of the brismila, where we remove some of that lust from ourselves. And uh, he's the one that only when, the Gemara says that only when Avram was going with Sarah to Egypt, he noticed either different explanations, either he noticed for the first time because they were always so modest, he never noticed how beautiful she was, but during the travels, whatever it is, somehow her, her skirt got, got uh, lifted higher than usual, and he noticed how beautiful she was. And he said to her, I'm concerned what's going to happen in Egypt. The, the Egyptians are going to kill me over you. But the Rashi there on the spot brings it. This was the first time Avram either noticed or first time he paid attention. In other words, he was always aware that she's beautiful, but it was never a big deal. It wasn't a part of the day-to-day discussions. It's not like, oh, look at this trophy wife I have. Wow, she's so beautiful. I'm so uh, indulging in her beauty all the time. Is Avram and Sarah were so, so modest that it was never a topic of discussion. Now they're going to Egypt. He has reason to be worried. Either way, that's the opposite of Gilu Arias, of people who are seeking lustful pleasures. So Avram Avinu completely uh, detached himself from that. Yitzhak obviously uh, was prepared to be offered up on the altar to Hashem, completely giving himself over to Hashem, perfect service to Hashem as opposed to idols, the opposite of an idol. Idol worship is any other god. Uh, <clears throat> idol worship as well is where it's called a vodazora, foreign service. Foreign service, one of the explanations what it means is it's foreign in the sense that instead of giving yourself to God, you're looking to manipulate the gods to get what you want. So Yitzhak was a person who was completely prepared to give himself entirely to Hashem. That's the opposite of the cardinal sin of idol worship. And finally, Yaakov Inu is the opposite of Shvichus Domin, spilling of blood. Many reasons for it. One, Gemara says, Yaakov Inu lo mace. Yaakov never died. He to a certain extent continues he represents life um, another reason is Rashi brings that Yaakov Avinu um, even though he got married very late how old was he when he got married? what? oh come on I didn't ask you because you're not held responsible no, yeah. so let's see 
um, he was 14 years in Yeshua Shem Be'eva, right? And uh, so I think 63, no? <coughs> so that would make him uh, 87. You say 87? Okay, good. Yeah. So, um, so he was already an older man. And Rashi brings Kazal because he describes Ruvain as being racious only, the very first of my strength. Which means he had never spilled seed. All those years he never spilled seed. Right? Spilling seed is a form, obviously a minor form, but a form of Shvichus Dam. Shvichus Zera, spilling of seed, is, is, spill, is like spilling of blood. The, all those, those seeds could, could uh, carry in them life. This is meant to be life. It's spilling, spilling life. It's a, a, a spilling life. Yaakov never spilled life. So he is the, that's why he never, uh, is connected to not dying, etc. So the Avos HaKadoshim uh, were the merit that the Jewish people had for the first base of Migdash. And so by committing the three cardinal sins is why the Jewish people lost that and the first temple was destroyed. Now what about the second base of Migdash? The second base of Migdash was very different. There was no divine presence in the second base of Migdash. Inside the Holy of Holies, there was no Aron HaKodesh. The Aron had been sequestered, hidden away before the first temple was destroyed. It was empty inside. Inside the Holy of Holies, there was nothing in there. There was no ongoing miracles. There was no divine presence. So what was so great about the second base of Migdash? Avoda, we're serving Hashem, that's true, Bensi is right. But notice, Hashem's not there. Now, Hashem somewhere knows what we're doing, right? But there's no divine presence, meaning the ultimate fulfillment of the Avoda of the Beis Hamikdash, literally, the job of it is to cause the divine presence to be in this world. And that wasn't the case. So, rather, the main thrust, the great benefit, the thing that we weep over the loss of the second base of Migdash is the unity of the Jewish people. It was the central place for the entire nation to come together in service of Hashem, of course. We're not talking about coming together for a White Sox game. White Sox against the Green Bay Packers. Right? So, uh, but, But uh, rather, we're talking about the entire Jewish people unifying themselves as a vessel to receive Hashem. Now, we weren't merit; we didn't merit to actually receive the divine presence. But the unity, the oneness, that was there, and that was therefore appropriately lost with the sin of sinas the baseless hatred. Yeah? When the nation splintered, then we no longer had the, na- had the merit to have the base of Middash. And that's what it means that it's Zeki Negezet, it corresponds to. Because when you say corresponds, if I have a vessel here and I pour three 
streams of wonderful wine into the vessel, the vessel has to be immediately below those three streams to catch them, right? So the vessel corresponds to the three streams of wine being poured into it. The three streams being that of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the divine presence that was merited because of those three tzaddikim, the chuta mishulish, the, the triple braided divine connection had to come into someone. And that is the Jewish people as a one, single, unified, loving entity who do not have purposeless hatred amongst themselves, who view themselves as a right hand that maybe did smack the left hand, but there's not, not a reason for the left hand to, to stab the right hand back. And that's, of course, the tremendous importance right now. Baruch Hashem, we're able to see the unity in Klausel as a, such a tragedy happened. We're able to see why, because we all feel the pain. The pain. All of a sudden, hey, I don't get it. If the right hand is separate from the left hand, then why is it when the left pinky was cut off, it hurts in the right hand also? It hurts me, the entire person is crying. It hurts the whole person. Why is that? Oh, okay, so it's unity. So that we cannot continue with the Sinas Chinam. And the Maral says an unbelievable thing. He says, if a poison is so strong that it can knock a person down, knock a person out, how much more so they're strong enough to keep them out? So if Sinas Chinam was enough to tear us apart as a nation, now that we're scattered amongst the world, and we, uh, 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 we're already torn apart, how much more so the Sinas Chinam is going to be strong enough to continue keeping us in such a state of being broken apart and, and separate and, and without a base in Mikdash. So that, that's uh, the importance of working on Sinas Chinam, as Hashem, we should all sing to Hillam for, for the Yidden in Eretz Yisrael and for everybody. Acheinu Kolbis Yisrael. Everyone, everyone needs our tefillahs and Bez Hashem with the, with the uh, Ahava Ahava Shinam. Purposeless love. Love has a purpose in its own. Will be Zolcha to see the building of the base of Midrash being Ravi Okay, just uh, two more quick points on Siv Lev Tov is the Gemora in Shabbos and Daf Kuf Nun Beis Amud Beis helps us understand the pasuk in Mishlei. Pasuk over there says, "V'rekiv atzamos kina," the rotting of bones is jealousy. Call me sheyesh lo kina v'libo atzmosav. Markivim, if a person has jealousy in his heart, then his bones will rot. And if not, then not even after the person has passed away. Tzadik is lying in the grave. He's not going to rot until the very last moment. And there's going to be a quick uh, decaying happening. Uh, um, but uh, the entire time that the person is going to be in the grave, Tzadik, his body does not rot. And the reason for this is that he does not have jealousy. So, first of all, what is jealousy? Jealousy, kina, is the desire to have other people things. In other words, if I'm not happy for that person to have a thing. I'm not happy for him. I want that um, for myself. 
So that is uh, a lack of mitzius, means the as opposed to a lev tov, which provides life for everything around itself. It sees life everywhere and encourages it and uh, uh, is happy with it and invigorates it. Uh, instead, here it's a way to pull out life out of things, and that is. Uh, the that that's a, also a opposite of uh, late tov, and the, the, not only does it make the rot, heart itself rotten, but we're hearing over here that it makes the bones rot. Bones, of course, are the hardest, strongest part of a person. It's the part that you know makes the whole uh, carries all the weight. It's the part that. You know, uh, many years after all the flesh and everything has uh, uh, rotted away, the bones are still supposed to be there. The bones are the strongest part. And yet we're saying over here that it'll make even the bones of a person rot. That's the terrible power, terrible power of jealousy. And then finally the morale makes the point that this jealousy is talking about jealousy for physical objects. However, jealousy of a person's righteousness... In other words, like we see with Rachel, that says that she was jealous of Leah, and the Midrash explains that she said to herself, if Leah wouldn't be uh, more righteous than I, then she wouldn't merit to have to be having children while I'm not. Let me see what it is that she's doing. Let me try to mimic that. Let me try to go for that. So that is a that is a positive thing. And the reason is because when it comes to physical objects, if you know, it's a limited system, right? I mean, if he's got that nice donkey, then I don't have that donkey. And if I want to have it, that means he's not going to have it. Whereas if, uh, by spiritual things, each person can strive to be as great as they could possibly be. So him, having earned uh, his own righteousness, which encourages me to get mine, is, is only a good thing. Additionally, a distinction between jealousy of physicality and spirituality is that by physicality, what people get is a part of their plan. And this person is meant to be rich, this person is meant to have a big family, this person is meant to be healthy, and other people might be meant to have other challenges or, or not have some of those. Whereas with spirituality, we can all aspire for the greatest heights, in righteousness, in closeness to Hashem, uh, maybe not in the same ways, of course. Each person is a bit different, but to be a very, very big tzaddik, tzaddikis, that's something that we can all do and aspire for. That's why that jealousy is called a good jealousy. Okay, that is the end of Nesiv Lev Tov.